This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Good evening, it's Wednesday, it's 9pm, and it's time for the Late Late Show with me, Toby Payne-Kirk, and my Ed, Sir Learned Friend, Mr. Edward Finch. Welcome to Wednesday, everybody. There's a lot to talk about today, so who knows where we could go with it. Um, We could be talking about curriculum, too busy curricula. We could be talking about... This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org, or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out, with Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, back in the room. Yes, so as I was saying, we, we could be talking about quite a lot this week. We could be talking about um, busy packed curricula. We could be talking about a article I read by Yuval Noah Harari, forwarded by Martin Robinson Trivium, about um, the way we teach history in schools um, and sort of curricula and a little thread that I typed about that. We could be talking about the uh, advertisement of the New Voices conference. We could be talking about uh, a thread that I came across. I've been quite busy paying attention to Twitter. um, And so um, we could be talking about a lot this week um, or... We could just be wallowing in the chaos that is engulfing the Conservative Party um, at the moment. Um, I am waiting for Ed to join me. I know he is going to be joining me. Um, so um, good evening to Tim and Lucy in the room, uh, in, the, in the chat room. And um, also hello to the approximately 200 of you who download this and listen to it um, back every week. Um I know I know a few of the people who who download and listen to it, um, but I don't know all of you. And I suppose that's the nature of radio. Two hundred people isn't very many in comparison to a national radio show, but it's a significant number. So, sort of, if you do listen to this regularly um, on on a, on a listen back a podcast, um, do let us know via Twitter um, who you are, and. Um, It'd be nice to know who our regular listeners are. Good evening, Ed. Hey, good evening. And what's up? What's up? Well, what? everything's up, isn't it? I mean, you know... First... Can I just check, are there any politicians left? Um. Well, uh, I don't know if there are any politicians in politics <laughs> or anyway. I think I think all the politicians left several years ago. Um, yes, well, that's true. Lord, what is going on, Edward? What? what? Well, I think the bottom it's has quite fallen funny out of it. Here's the, the thing, bo- if you get to the bottom of the barrel and you keep on scraping, sooner yeah. or later the bottom of that barrel is going to give way and all the poop inside it is going to fall out. I didn't I didn't know any of this was going on. I don't know about you. Obviously, when I'm at work, I'm at work and I don't look at my phone or, you know, check Twitter well, when I'm at work. So I, I got in my car to drive home at about seven, turned on the radio and went, what the what? I know. I didn't, I didn't know anything of it was going on until I saw a tweet from our, our dedicated listener, um, mm-hmm. Richard Newbold, about, about yeah. Greg Clark, who's our, our MP in Tunbridge Wells, who yeah. abstained, obviously, in the, <laughs> yeah. in the fracking vote. No, I, I hadn't realised what was what, what I hadn't realised. And then I went on to the BBC News and I sort of realised what was going on. And um, so, yeah, so so um, Greg Clark is one of the one of the rebels. Um, 
uh, mm. or, or, or has a little bit more integrity, perhaps than, than or maybe the rest. just you know had something else on. You know, maybe he was at a dinner party or uh, maybe, maybe I don't you know. know. He might be but, busy. But that's yeah. what that's what's been unfolding. I mean, I know I know we <laughs> it is teachers talk radio, but it, it's it's fairly monumental events that are going on. It's you know hard what? To and it affects us. I'm going to do a bit that I've been doing regularly at the moment. I so I just think this whole country has got this. This huge cloud of anxiety hanging over it, and quite rightly too. People are anxious about their uh, their mortgages. They're anxious about whether they'll be able to feed their children. Really, they're anxious about the cost of uh, the fuel, and that is a big uh, cloud of untethered anxiety that then gets attached to anything else. I think it's hard times in teaching. You know, we're we're very very stretched for staffing in state schools, probably in private schools too, because I can't imagine times are any easier there. Your fuel bills are no lower than ours. No, sure, no, no. We don't, so, we don't you know, need so much sympathy. When something though. little goes wrong, the anxiety gets dialed up to yeah. a thousand. You know, so something which two years ago people would have said, "Oh, you know, this parent came in and they said, oh, you know, the book hasn't been changed in my kid's book bag for a fortnight." And I know for a fact it has, but they were quite aggressive about it. You know, two years ago, water off a duck's back. Now people crying in staff rooms because. The anxiety of living in this country in absolute chaos and disarray, yeah, it's kind of it's like infectious, and it makes us anxious about all sorts it is of things good, which have nothing to do with it. I think you can still so so that, that Richard Newbold again. I'll mention Richard. Big mm -hmm. shout out to Richard. He's not actually listening live at the moment, but um, he he um i was doing some he's a, uh, he's a dog walker listener isn't he he doesn't listen he's a dog much. walker listener or runner listener or commuter listener yeah um and yeah. he was he was i was doing a bit of live i don't it's a strange expression live tweeting um but i was doing a bit of live tweeting on what during the mercury music prize you were um, when i was like well whilst most most of my teaching music friends were obviously tucking themselves up in bed but yeah. and, and that's fair enough right. um i had actually had my bath beforehand and got prepared oh. and i was in my pjs mm. so so you know it wasn't it wasn't particularly late finish but um but anyway um richard um had been listening to it on bbc6 music and and was moaning about the, the dearth of of musical quality being a diehard <laughs> early 90s indie fan um right. uh, late 80s early 90s indie fan and 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 um he uh so he turned over to radio 4 and just got he was forced to turn over to radio 4 um rather than listening to tom ravenscroft on bbc6 and he just got depressed and it is i think if you're if you're it, you know not only as you say for a lot of people um are, are the monthly bills the mortgage payments and the bills going up and the you know, there's less money in people's pockets than there was a few mm -hmm. years ago, and and it's tough, 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 for, really tough for some people. And um and um, not only that, but then if you if you if you even if it's not tough, particularly tough for you, um, mm -hmm. it, it's it, you kind of you know you listen to the news, you watch the news, and it is it is it's it's difficult times, it's it's hard times, and it isn't helped at all by the grossly irresponsible delusional um and incompetent behavior of 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 the people who are supposed to mm -hmm. be you know looking after us basically or yeah. you know not looking after us but just keeping keeping our house in order you know no, and, yes. and 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 uh, it's it's poor but i, I had i i've been off today um i had been into school to do a little bit of work um and um but i watched some of PMQs on 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 the on TV because it's all been you know it was a, it was a big one there was a lot of jeering there was a lot of jeering um, 
but but she was relatively unscathed from from PMQs really. I mean, Starmer mm-hmm. rattled her quite well, but then she just came out. You know, she just but but then it's, it's sort of all imploded since then. But this afternoon, just digging around a little bit. Um, I stumbled across, which I think I forwarded on on the twits as well. Um, I f- stumbled across the, a, a little film, twenty four minute film made by the Financial Times about about um, you know in the wake of the the mini budget and the, just the kind of economic mm-hmm. implosion and and the mishandling of, of of the economy by by this you know well by the by the Tory government for a long time, but particularly in the last few weeks. Um, but the Financial Times film is all about Brexit, you know, and and mm-hmm. that's what's that's what's happening here. You know, it, it's it, it, you know, I, I am have been labelled by my family um, as a Ramona or a, or whatever, and you know, and and all that. But it's 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 everything, you know. You, you, Truss and Johnson and all Tory politicians and all Labour politicians as well are not mentioning Brexit as the reason for any of this. They are mentioning the, the war in Ukraine. They are mentioning rising yeah. energy costs. They are mentioning yeah. COVID and the pandemic. And, and you know, COVID did come at a convenient time for the Brexiteers because it sort of, you know, masked the... the but but really what's, what's happening, according to the FT video, which is a really, uh, you know, is that... Um, you know the the, the 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 Brexit fallout. You know it's, it's taken at least forty four percent off our GDP, and that's that's in in a sort of austerity times and all that malarkey. So, but you're not allowed to say it. There's been some satire on on the Twitter. So there's that guy I can't remember his name. The exploding heads. The exploding heads. Do you follow them on Twitter? I think um, no, I can't I remember the guy's name. The exploding the heads, and they they're all it's satirical sort of um, stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, a bit like Rosie Rosie. Um, What's her name? Mm-hmm. The, the 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 fake sort of MP who posted some quite entertaining interviews. Oh, and, you know, in it? Yeah, very funny. funny um, and um, and anyway, but he he says you know they always mention everything else, and then then when a, when a, when a politician starts to sort of say Brexit, he goes no 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 can't mention Brexit. It's COVID. It's COVID with the <laughs> pandemic, and then we just and it's it's the word that can't be spoken. But actually, um, that's that's the thing. You know, it's it's it was always going mm-hmm. to. Hit us, hit us, yeah. um, hit the economy hard um, when we, we when we've made trading with with our local big, biggest trading partner so bloody difficult. This, and I, I'm not an economist. I'm not a politician. I'm not a businessman. Um, and and I don't really. But but you know it's ironic that the government that, that sort of sells itself on being strong at looking after the economy has made such a bloody hash of things. And it's, it's now, but but the brilliant thing is, though, Ed, the brilliant mm-hmm. thing is, is that they are, they are truly imploding. You know, they they can't come back. They can't bounce back from this. I don't see um, how they can. This yeah, is going to be. There is going to be a long, long time in in opposition. Um, coming at there some is. point. Coming at but some you know point. What? I mean, yeah, I'm sure. But uh, how soon? <laughs> how soon can we get there? Um, I know, I know. Is the chalice that well, I voted for the for the for the I voted for the debate that was had in, uh, mm. you know, on having a general election now. Um, mm. But you know, mm. uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to have to. Yeah. I should think even the you know I think about a lot of you know my dad was a Tory a Tory and he he canvassed for the party and he went to the local party and 
you know, garden garden party, what do they call it, thing that every summer, you know, he, he was a pretty much a true believer, particularly in Thatcher. He would have been appalled by this lot. Now, sort of his mindset is the mindset, I think, of a, quite a lot of um, of backbench MPs who believe yeah. in old-fashioned small-c conservatism along with the big C, you know. And th- this lot must horrify them. It, you know, they must look at what's going on and think this does not represent anything of the conservative tradition that they care about. I mean, I, I don't, but I know they do, but I don't think they're bad people for it. No. Well, I that's what think Laura... that they're horrified, but are they going to yeah. vote? you know, to bring down the tower, knowing that that's, that's their job. A lot of them haven't ever done any other jobs. You know, a lot of um, politicians nowadays are career politicians who did PPE and then did SPAD work and ended up being given a, a, a parliament. So, you know, how, how, um, how appalled do you have to be? Well, I think, I think there are two things you want to bring the tower down. I don't know. I you think, I think from, well, there's this guy called, I can't remember his name. Is it Tim Walker or someone Walker? I think. Who's the, who's the backbench Tory MP? He's been an MP for seventeen years. Um, he mm-hmm. always been never been a minister. He lost his shit. Excuse me, I've lost my swear word. I've sworn on on radio. Sorry, oh. Um, oh, he man. lost his his, oh, his whatever on on um, cherry. It is after, no, it is after the um, what's it? <laughs> it's after um, the that's one. Um, he in 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 the lobby and. Um, you know about this fracking vote and how 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 every and it's all imploding and he was just saying it is you know he's not going to be standing as an mp he's going to step down at the next election um but um yeah i mean it is it is it, it, it for i mean laura McInerney sort of sent out a, tweeted that and i saw that and you know saying that you know there are a lot of backbench politicians from both sides of the house are genuinely decent good people who are working hard you know and that is their only salary and it is their only mm. job and it is um and they, they they do it because they genuinely you know like we went into teaching you're you're trying to improve the mm. lives of of people of society of, of of and and that's 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 why a lot of people go into teaching it's why a lot of people go into politics but there are over the last you know 10 20 years and 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 you know the labor party are not immune from this themselves uh, you know who mm-hmm. who just a career game players and um and and our whole political system is is broken it's not just government that is broken the the political system is broken but um you know so you know i, I think um anyway we've we've probably for for a teachers talk radio show we've probably talked mm-hmm. about it enough um, well, you know what? If people are interested in that, they're probably watching the telly and waiting for news night, aren't they? If they came they here because they thought they were going to hear two middle-aged men chuntering in the pub, that's which I right. guess they've had a bit of. But they're probably should we chunter in more educationally? Do you think we'll chunter more education? Well, let's just do five minutes on 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 or two minutes on us. I did suggest to you on WhatsApp because yeah. of the mood being strange of starting the show a bit differently. Um, mm. And doing a bit of music. Um, oh, you did, yeah. To, to start us that. off, um, although we've not started, it's not starting us off. It's fifteen minutes in, but I wonder whether we yeah. we, we restart the show. If you've got anything <laughs> for us now, um, we restart the show after our after our political red herring. Um, okay, now listen, my friend. What what do you want to hear? What do you want to hear? Bear in mind what? my uh, my lack of skill and things. I'm, well, I'm you're not a lack you of can... skill, Ed. You play yourself. You play your guitar. Which are we having? I think have you what I think guitar guitar okay um, guitar's come I've got the guitar I've got guitar, it guitar and I I right. think I'd like you to play um, right 
Something I've heard of, please. Nothing Billy Bragg. Leg. Billy Bragg, yeah. New England. Oh, I'd love to play that for you. Yeah, yeah. Have we, have, have we not done that on the show? Yes, but but we need it. We need to dream of a New England. Um, yeah, I, I, and I mean, yeah, and, and, and it's, neither of us right now need to look for another girl. But um, you know, uh, I, but we, we, um, what are you saying? Do you not, I, I, I don't know. Is there something I don't know? Oh, I don't know. Um, anyway, um, no further comment. Um, <laughs> hey, um, <laughs> Friends, game hey. on! What's going on? Game on! <laughs> Do you remember that terrible show called Game On? Game on! Did, who presented it? It was awful. Oh, it was awful. Anyway, that um, wasn't the Come On Down one, was it? No, it was about these guys in a, a sort of flash. It was a bit like a proto. Oh, Game show, On! Didn't it have? It had. Um, it had. It had Matthew Horn. Is that his name? No, not. Matthew yes. Horn. Ben no, Chapman. Had, yeah. And it had the, the Samantha Janus in it. Yes, the lovely Samantha Janus. Who's then later I was Stenders. 21 years when I wrote this song. I'm 22 now, but I won't be for long. People ask me, when will you grow up to be a man? But all the girls I loved at school are already pushing pram. I loved you then as I love you still, though I put you on a pedestal. Oh, sorry. I loved you then as I loved you still. Though I put you on a pedestal, they put you on the pill. I don't feel bad about letting you go. I just feel sad about letting you know. I don't want to change, change the world. The world. I'm not looking, not looking for, for New England. Just looking for another girl. I don't want to change the world. I'm not looking, not looking for, for New England. I'm looking for another girl. Come on. I love the words you wrote to me, but that was bloody yesterday. I can't survive on what you send every time you need a friend. I saw two shooting stars last night. I wished on them, but they were only satellites. It's wrong to wish the on wish space, on space hardware. hardware. I wish, I wish, I wish you'd care. I don't want to change the world. I'm not looking for a new England. Just looking for another girl. I don't want to change the world. I'm not looking for a new England, just looking for another girl. I would like to um, yes. dedicate your yes. singing of that, Ed, and my joining You're in right. um, with the Space, Wire, Space Hardware to Tabitha yeah. McIntosh. Um, oh, uh, yeah. Big shout out to Tabitha. What's she, because what's she been up to? Well, she's she, generally exasperated with the state of the world. Has she's she? generally exasperated with the state of the world. She's had a tough, tough, tough. Um, time herself recently um and she but she has um she's a trans rights campaigner she's a campaigner Mm -hmm. about many things so is billy bragg well not a campaigner so much but he's he's written an article in the new statesman um about Mm -hmm. some of the john cleese and and um to jk rowling stuff so yeah yeah so so big shout out to tabitha who is one for that and i know she loves billy bragg and i know um she loves that lyric she there was a tweet tweets some tweets this week about best lyric favorite lyrics and hers she mentioned the space hardware one which is a yeah, fantastic no, a lot of people lyric. Go we've for mentioned bragg it before on that one 
I always say when people say, oh, you know, what's a what's a lyric that sticks out? I always remember it's great waiting for the great leap forward. And this lovely phrase, the fame filled 15 minutes of the, of the fanzine writer, which doesn't really mean a lot. But I was just thinking, what a lovely bit of a. Uh, of ringing language he's a clever lad that mr bragg yeah he's a clever lad. i bought a brag brag record secondhand brag record in um uh rye um grammar records in rye um mm -hmm, his first mm -hmm. album i think um brewing up with billy bragg yeah that's yeah, got a couple of good so. tunes on it do you know what happy days happy days well done mr bragg there was a time when you couldn't go to a protest or a march without seeing the chap and uh no He's been plowing a furrow for a long time. I don't suppose it's made him very rich, but um, he well, just a decent, carries on, he's doesn't he? Decent uh, he's a decent guy. And I tell you what, I like that. Um, you know, the the language around uh, trans rights, the right to be trans, the right to even say you're you are what you think you are. It's been so attacked these last few years and it has been become so toxic that an awful lot of people have stepped away from the debate going, I just don't want this. I don't want to be taking out what happened to um uh chat show host. Graham Norton. Yeah, I'm Graham Norton the other day. My word. He's just been hounded off Twitter. He's just been hounded off Twitter. All he said was, you know, if you want to talk about these things, maybe talk to people who are experiencing it rather than celebrities right. pontificating. That was enough to get him hounded off Twitter. And I think for Billy Bragg, actually, you know, I don't suppose he's very wealthy. I should think that he has to make each tour pay. I should think he does. I should think when he puts a record out, he's got to know that he's going to sell a few. But that has never stopped him from saying what he believes. I suppose that's his selling point. Maybe that's why people like him, because he does say what he believes. But, yeah. you know, well done for him. Well done, well done, well done. Absolutely, my well done, Billy. Bad. So, um, anyway, uh, so that was that. Thank you, Ed, for playing that. So that and, um, but Dave, just great song. What we can say. So, yeah, um, but I've had a, I've had a, another busy few days. Um, went up to Manchester at the weekend. I like Manchester. I don't know those northern cities very well. I don't know all those big. But I've been to Leeds and I've been to Manchester, and they are big, lovely cities. Manchester's definitely got a, it's a cool place to be um and i was impressed um the university at manchester i tell you what that is something else because it's merged now the university of manchester that was has now merged i don't know when about 10 20 years ago maybe mm -hmm. 10 years ago with umist which was the university of manchester institute of science and technology um and that has now formed the largest i think university in the uk now the university of manchester um largest um single site campus or or i don't know whether there's most amount of students or whatever but but it's pretty slick operation and you just think and the, the new engineering building that, that uh, Gemma and I had a look around was I was wanting to kind of speak to the material science and because um, we did quite a lot of collaboration. And my, my one of my ex-bosses at Pfizer, who is a um, great material scientist, um, solid state chemistry stuff for the um, for those of you who are interested in this sort of thing. Um, he uh, he did his postdoc in at, at Manchester with, I think, Roger Davey, who's long since retired. So I was chatting to them about that whilst Gemma was chatting about fashion marketing or something um anyway there we go it was cool but amazing building but but you can see why these universities have to charge crazy bloody fees because they build these swanky things and they're trying to sort of sell yeah. themselves and it's all a bit it i'm not sure different, isn't it? I remember, i'm not sure about it yeah many years ago i say many years ago 10 years ago maybe i can't think how long ago less actually 
I went to um, I went to Bath Spa University, and that was probably the first university building I visited since I was myself a student. You know, yeah. So I remembered like you know the scuzzy bars and the torn up upholstery and the sticky floors and you know, and the general feeling of uh, what I was like. And I went into Bath Spa University. Oh, my word, it was like going into Space Odyssey. You know, it's like I know it's bonkers, you know, isn't it? Really, it's, it's lovely. It's like a pods with places to charge yeah. your phone and you can bluetooth your presentation onto a screen so you can work on it with it like yeah. and i said to the people who were there i said my word you know what's all this about what's changed and they said well it's all about you know it's all it's all customers now isn't it it's all customers so you've got to make it look yeah. super super splashy because people are choosing to spend their money here and if, if they don't spend it here they'll spend it up the road so everything has to look super swish and that's why our wages are getting squeezed <laughs> Yeah. I know the people who work there did not feel that that they their working conditions had got shinier as the building had. No, no, I know. not at all. So I it's... think it's a really hard time to be working in higher education. I think a lot of people at our end of it in primary and secondary think maybe it would be quite exciting to work in higher education. I think people working in higher. I education... think that sometimes. I think I'd quite yeah, like I to get into that. higher education, but actually, yeah, yeah, uh, but but. You know, you... In terms mm. of in terms of finances, it ain't much. No, my sister's a, a lecturer at Oxford Brooks, and she does okay. But it's just, you know, it's it's hard work. It's yeah. a lot over the time that she's worked there, off and on over the last I can't think how long, a good fifteen years. Probably, she might tell me more. I've seen her workload increase as the number of colleagues has decreased. And yeah. I've seen the expectation from the university on. Um, what the customer gets significantly shift the expectations on the staff and when you're working yeah. in the school of nurse as she's you know she's lectures in the school of, um, of nursing and healthcare. well you know these competencies are pretty basic we want our nurses to be able to do the job but but you know the, the boot is rather on the other foot when it comes to um to assessment shall we say when it comes yes. to assessment yeah 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 anyway anyway let's that's so that's that so that's universities about. and touring around and record shops but now mm. we've got um about five minutes until the news and then we've got um about 20 minutes or so after that and so i want to get stuck into something um i but linked slightly linked to the, all that huge amount of capital infrastructure at universities um after the news let's talk about um the curriculum and the packed curriculum let's continue mm -hmm. with that so for those of you who are listening back um then you can you can plan to to listen to our um discussion on overloaded curriculum and the article um about you know whether we teach the wrong kind of history in school and um, that Yuval Noah Harari the sapiens writer um published mm -hmm. in the guardian and um Martin Robinson Trivium sent that round I saw that so um I see that Tom is in the room so Tom being a history teacher um uh stick stick with us for for that discussion which will come after the news in about 10 50 10 12 minutes time um and um but I just wanted to mention that obviously I work for an independent school um, and some of the richer independent schools, not necessarily mine, some of the richer independent schools um, do spend, you know, in terms of attracting customers as well. That's that's a trend like the universities. Um, mm -hmm. They spend silly money on some facilities and, and have so that's that's the link. But there was a, a Twitter thread from 
the government behaviour czar and co-founder of Research Ed um, mm-hmm. that I just wanted to talk about. And yeah. um, um, hang on, I'm going to look for it on my Twitter bookmark. You sent me a link because I hadn't actually seen it, had I? No, I said, it's, not, it's, not, it's not desperately <laughs> controversial. Well, I, you know, but I yeah. just wanted, I just thought I'd talk about it as, as I can um, talk about it fairly objectively, I think. Um, hang on, tweets, tweets, tweets. I don't want tweets. I want bookmarks. I want to go to my that page, bookmarks. Uh, sorry, everybody. This is very slick, as always. Here we go. Um, Tom Bennett, one observation about the independent sector. It seems to succumb more easily to the kind of infantile 21st century groovy nonsense, brackets, like project-based learning, collaboration slash creativity, critical thinking, etc., than the state sector. Edupreneurs love this. I'm reading out his tweet thing. It's the perfect storm. Wealthy clients looking for an edge over their competitors. Two, privileged student cohorts are keen, hardworking and capable. In the most part. Um, uh, Three, he didn't put in the most part. I added that. Um, Three, an environment where failure is undetectable because of two. Four, Mm -hmm. any outcome can be called a success. Ironically, we've been working, we've been working hard to try to make education more evidence informed, but many big indies are still seduced by the siren call of innovation, disruption, futurism, (laughs) despite any credible evidence base. So instead of domain specific teaching, we get learning through projects, despite the fact that disciplines are disciplines for good reason and are best learned that way. Instead of knowledge rich Mm. curriculums, we get an emphasis on transferable nebulous skills like collaboration, etc., despite evidence that these are innate developed through knowledge-rich curriculums. Instead of teacher-led instruction, we get kids teaching one another in some kind of conga line. Instead of exams, we get project outcomes. Who needs to know what they've learned? Ah, we do. Teachers do. Anyway, actually, this thread's gone on longer than I hadn't realised. Anyway, so (laughs) you get the gist. It keeps going, doesn't it? It it kept going. It kept the gist. But I, I, I do, I mean, I, you know, I get frustrated actually i work in school schools and i that the the 21st century skills mantra is pretty prevalent in the um in the independent sector mm-hmm. yeah. and the, the the mantra is i think misplaced sometimes because i think i think you know but um i don't think we the, the independent schools still very much teach the curriculum and still very much teach in subjects but what they do or what they do what we do quite a lot is emphasize um and make more explicit you know this sort of split screen learning that you are learning about the causes of the second world war but you are also doing it collaboratively or you are doing it independently or yeah, yeah. you are leading a a, a group task um, today or you are communicating or whatever so so that made explicit what sort of soft skills for for want of a better term that you are using and developing um and and so i think i think where and i think i think the can the mantra can go a bit too far um and because you know you can't you can't teach collaboration discreetly you can only teach it via something. You can't teach communication discreetly either. You can only teach it via something. However, where I do disagree with Tom, um, Tom Bennett, that is, is that he he sort of it's all it's all a marketing thread. It's all about pushing it back to his worldview and the the sort of the the, the subtext of 
the research ed movement and and the current DFE thinking that that um, you know because actually post school and post university um, employers high particularly high end employers are not interested in whether you know the causes of the First World War or whether you know the wives of Henry VIII or whether you know what an Oxbow Lake is or whether you know what a whatever clause is in, in, in you know, um, you've got those different terms of clauses, haven't you, in primary English? What, what Remind me of them, Ed. Relative clauses. That's relative Fine clauses, relative subordinate clauses, clauses, and all that. Subordinate clauses. You make yeah, jokes all that about. stuff. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, all that sort of business. Yeah. And and so no one when when you get to twenty four, you know, or 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 twenty one or eighteen on your fronted adverbials. Well done, Lucy. Um, and you know, no one really kind of. So I think I think that the problem with the mantra of subjects are best learned in discrete domains is a very educationally focused argument that that you know because we have a really rigorous exam system at 18 and at 16 and at 21 in universities um then then um we are focused totally on those domains but those domains are it's a i think it's a little bit of a little bit of a mantra that's not quite right so i think i think that's where I disagree with 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 Tom is that the actually what we do need what we need to learn as humans is how to find out the relevant information, how to know whether someone's telling the truth or not, how to work out whether someone's blagging, how to how to um, discuss and debate and kind of get to the right um, make a decision and things and those things are. are best done collaboratively not every minute of the day you need to be able to work independently and go and gather your information gather your evidence but but i think that the measurement of education at 18 it is is an entirely different thing to the functionality and usefulness of the human brain aged 22 23 onwards through our adult working lives and our adult social lives and our adult personal lives and so i think um i i was i was i was kind of a bit wound up by that really there you go mm. so i just wanted to wanted to talk about that that's the old you know it's the trad prog thing isn't it it's all, it's all I, that. it is i mean i do you know what it, it makes me chuckle really because uh, friends on that side of the debate are often keen to throw around the, around the word grifter aren't they i don't know if you've noticed that but it's a it's an absolute Ooh. hallmark of people on on that side of the debate trying to trying to criticize people on the other you know, and they say, well, these people, you know, they're, they're just trying to make money out of it. They're just to make money of it. And then you look, you say, stand back. Second, I said, who's trying to make money out of what? Because you just think it's, it's you know, calling the pot calling the kettle black, doesn't it? There's an awful lot of yeah. us working really hard in in uh, in our classrooms and in our schools trying to make a difference day by day to the kids in front of us. And then there does seem to be some people who rather like waving big flags. But when they start throwing rocks at each other, you know what? I mean, it does go both ways. We could name people on the other side of the debate who would like to take a pot shot over at, uh, at Mr. Bennett. I could think of a good few of those, and a lot yeah. of them are making their money out of education without being school-based. People won't pay for this unless they think they're getting some value for money. And now Tom would say that he doesn't think they are getting value for money, that they're being sold a pup. But, you know, schools, we don't have a lot of money. You know, we don't. So I think actually people do perceive value and they maybe use a different metric to Mr. Bennett. Exactly. I think that's 
probably okay. My good friend, well, you're very wise. A school not far from me this week, doing an art project across the whole school. They, that's not cheap. He's not, you know, he's not a cheap person to have in because apart from anything else, he's got to stay in an Airbnb, poor lad. Um, so, you know, it costs quite a lot of money to have somebody to come in and do a, a, an art project across the school. But people do it because they perceive value. They're not perceiving it as value in terms of remembering more, knowing more and doing more or or in terms of, you know, in relation to a knowledge organiser, they're, they're looking at something completely different. And there are other people who also value that. So, I'm, you know, I'm currently preparing for a SIAMS inspection. When SIAMS come around, yes, they are interested in the curriculum, but they're much more interested in how that curriculum prepares children to be whole individuals. Yeah, I think that's what parents want. If I'm honest with you, if I speak to the parents at parents' evening, most of them say, I don't really mind how he's getting on. I just need to know that he's kind, that he's got friends, that he feels safe here. And they're very reassured because they speak to the teacher and they go, oh, the teacher seems really warm and nice. So, you know, it's not that's like quite interesting. Though, working, it is often working, what they say, isn't it? But that's what the parents goes, want. It is what the yeah. parents want when they're young. But then the mm. parents then get sucked into it. Middle class parents anyway. Yeah, or, or pushy yeah. parents get sucked into the exam thing because we often yeah. have parents who when, when I when I teach children in in year five, you know, the parents just want them to love the subject and to be, and they just love being engaged with it and they want them to be, yeah, absolutely kind, balanced, you know, fun loving, curious people and, 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 and kind. And then, but then by the time they're leaving at the end of year eight, you know, when they're worrying about, they, they're already, they're already onto that exam treadmill and that, you know, worrying about whether they're going to get to the right university and get the right GCSEs and get to, to, to enable them to do that. So parents do flip what they want. But I think, I think, there are most there are some wise balanced parents who realize that it's all a bit of a game and um you you want to have one foot in the game one toe in the game but you do equally want to realize that it is all a bit of a game anyway um it's let's game. go to the news let's go to the news yes. so that we can then um talk about uh an overly busy curricula and a little mm -hmm. bit discussion about my thread and the uval Noah Harari article on how and what why we teach history in school is is wrong. Um, I, I didn't I, I don't know enough about this to talk about it with any great authority, but it's, it's an interesting discussion point which we can talk about for fifteen minutes after the news, everybody. So here is the news, um, and um, we'll be back soon. Don't go away. have teamed up with the Witherslack Group to bring you a fantastic face-to-face meetup in Manchester next month. Tickets are free with lunch included and you'll be met with a host of amazing speakers. Sign up for Your Voice now at witherslackgroup.co.uk forward slash Your Voice 2022. Hi, I'm Charlie Burley, the Teacher's Health Coach, and I want to talk to you about the first ever health and wellbeing event for educators. Rewriting Wellbeing. It's a full day dedicated to improving your health as a teacher through looking at your nutrition, movement, mindset, workload and wellbeing in school. You'll hear from our incredible lineup of speakers including Andrew Cowley, Jen Foster, Kimberly Wilson, Simon Bolger and many more. There'll be talks, workshops and time to network with like-minded colleagues. We'll look after you all day with brunch, lunch and all the refreshments. You'll get to meet our incredible speakers and our amazing team of ambassadors from the education space. It's a non-profit event with all proceeds going to the amazing education charity EdSupport. This isn't one to miss. 
I look forward to seeing you there on the 22nd of October at Etc. Venues St Paul's in London. You can search Rewriting Wellbeing on the Eventbrite website to find out more. This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group, the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources, including webinars, podcasts, articles and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.witherslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News. Friday the 14th of October saw many schools mark Restart a Heart Day 2022. In Yorkshire, thousands of children across the county took part in events, learning vital life-saving skills. The Yorkshire Ambulance Service ran events designed to improve cardiac arrest survival rates, visiting 136 secondary schools and training more than 30,000 students. A spokesman for the service said that since the launch of the programme in 2014, bystander CPR rates in Yorkshire have increased from 39.9 to 74.9%. Across all four home nations, the British Heart Foundation and the Resuscitation Council UK have worked with a range of partners to ensure that more and more people can learn how to save a life. The official Restart a Heart Day was the 16th of October 2022. The iNewspaper reports on news that the UK's largest teaching union, the NEU, has announced that it will hold a formal ballot for strike action, with a timetable for potential walkouts to be announced in the next few days. The union represents more than 450,000 teaching staff across the country and said it would move ahead with proceedings after it said the government had failed to respond to its calls for an above-inflation pay rise for teachers. A preliminary ballot showed that 98% support a pay rise above the current inflation rate of 10%. The government has offered a rise of 5% for most teachers. The ballot also showed that 86% of teacher members said they were willing to take strike action. The NESUWT has also announced that it will pursue strike action over pay. FE Week focuses on criticism of, of exam board decisions to raise fees by up to 17%. It says that schools and colleges face having to pay out tens of thousands of pounds more in GCSE and A-level fees. Exam boards at Excel and OCR have raised fees for all 2023 exams by 6% whilst England's largest exam board, AQA, has hiked prices by between 5 and 17%. AQA remains the board with the lowest prices overall. Exam boards say they need to hike prices in order to cover costs, while school leaders say the rises are inappropriate at a time when school leaders battle with rising energy and staffing costs. Comments from all boards indicate that whilst they understand schools and colleges are stretched, they try to offer as much value for money as possible and try to keep fees low. In Jersey, the government has pledged to expand its school meal programme to all public primary schools if the £1.6 million funding plan is approved by ministers. The money will be used to create new facilities to store and serve meals, as well as food itself. 
Chief Minister, Deputy Christina Moore, says the plan shows government commitment to supporting children and families, especially as the cost of living crisis continues. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio News with Joe Fox. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, this week I'm going to look at keeping your phone charged should power cuts be introduced. Coming home to no power between 4 and 7pm may be something we have to learn to live with as the winter approaches. We can live without most things, however, for most, our mobile phone is the main point of contact. With being in work all day and no means of charging once home, will your phone last that extra bit of time? Before I begin, this is not an advert, so there'll be no brand names mentioned just to look at the technology available to extend the uptime of your phone to keep you connected with your friends and family. The power bank is the obvious choice for extending the charge of your phone. They've come on a lot since they were first introduced. When buying, consider the technology your phone has. If it has an induction charger, meaning you just put your phone on a pad to charge, there are rechargeable induction chargers available. They're like a little backpack for your phone. They come with a stick-on magnet or will connect via an existing magnetic connection if you should have one built in. They can allow simple and secure connections to the charge. Just be aware, some magnetic connections are weakened by the type of case you have on your phone. If you want something more multi-purpose, there are several other types of power bank available. Some double up as torches and hand warmers. However, if you spent the day keeping your hands warm, there won't be much left for you to charge your phone at the end of the day. The next thing to consider while you're making your choices is the capacity of the charge they can hold. This is measured in MAH or milliamp hours. The bigger the number, the more charge it will hold and therefore the longer it will last before recharging. Usually this relates to the cost and also the overall size and weight of the device. To give an example, a 2000 milliamp hour battery will provide approximately twice the charging time as a 1000 milliamp hour battery. Basically what I'm saying is, if you're wanting to charge your device several times throughout the day, then you'll want a large milliamp hour capacity. Finally, if you're going to use a power bank, remember they take time to charge too. So make sure you get into a routine so you're not caught out. Do you already have a power bank? I'd love to hear from you. Why not tell us at TT Radio 2022? I'm Steve Woods and that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods. Your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. And back in the room. Hello, Ed. Oh, he's on mute. Is he? Oh, okay. Anyway, I'm. Uh, hopefully, you can hear I me, was everybody. On mute. Um, I was on. He mute. was on mute. I'm not on he's mute on now. Mute. I was on mute not because mute of the people it's... talking. I always don't know when you play the audio, right? When you play yeah. the audio, Toby, if I talk in the background, can the listeners hear it, or does your audio? mean they can't can't hear me no, you know I, cursing I, at my computer I, or whatever it is i'm doing i think we could talk over the audio um i think yeah. um tom rogers is listening so he can he tell could us, let us know. he could let us know because I, I worry about that I, we, we, we're not going to do it on when they're not... chuntering on about their sponsors and all that i'm like you know i can't speak too loudly i mean i have muted it but maybe maybe <laughs> something will creep through I usually take it as an opportunity to badger my son. So, you know, that's what all, the, all you're going to hear is me saying, come, come on, Douglas. You can't still be watching the television. Have you done your homework? Yeah. Um, anyway, hi to Douglas whilst we're there. So last week, Ed, we've we've only got sort of 13 mm. or so minutes left and we sometimes overrun a bit. But um, 
last week we were talking about busy curricula and yeah and well, um, no, and no talking about and, 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 and we did say and i haven't given it any thought um well i've given it lots of thought over the years and i continue to give it lots of thought but but not not a coherent thought for 13 minutes on a radio show about what would I cut from the primary curriculum and what would I do mm-hmm. and then what would I do more of? I mean, I, I obviously I've spent time dreaming of my edutopia and, and I'd cut quite a lot and I'd sequence things quite differently. And, um, and this is completely in counter to, to the, what we were talking about before the news um, uh, regarding all this domain specific stuff, which is filtered right down into deep down into primary, hasn't it? So, so you've now got yeah. a really busy, um, and very specific geography and history and yeah. and and science yeah. and stuff curricula with with stuff that children should be taught in certain they year need to groups. Know. Yeah, you need to they know. Need to know this stuff. We yeah, at the end of year six and not know. And I know, I know that, I that know. from it's teaching, we would get rid of it, don't we? Yeah. But I know from teaching quite, you know, I, from teaching quite well, not exclusively bright. We're not a selective school, but but you know, above above national average. Our, our our mean, if you like, um, attainment is is probably you know um, sort of skewed above national average, right? Um, and um, but we've got quite a wide range. But you know, I know that my my excellent colleagues in in year three and four teach one that in year four teach forces in great detail. They do the pretty much all the key stage two forces stuff um you know using using the cgp key stage two science book as a as a sort of guide mm. um and and do a lot of investigations and and stuff and they teach it really well and really comprehensively um but then i teach it again a little bit i do a little light touch on forces in year six um and and do a bit, bit of a bit of practical work on it and and they've mostly forgotten it all really except for except mm-hmm. for those they've except for the except for the children who um so the spiral curriculum i don't i think i think i'm not convinced i think it's a bit like trickle down economics i think it's a bit of a myth yeah, um, I think emperor's new clothes it's, I it's think, the only game in town if you've got Ofsted coming you better not argue differently yeah i know i know so anyway so we were but um, but I th- I think we might see a sea change. I'm not, you know, I'm I'm hopeful that we'll see a sea change in this because I think we are due a change of government, and I think I don't think it's going to be any more money coming into schools, but I do think it might be new thinking, and I really really like to believe, I really really want to believe that we're getting to the end of that curve and it'll come back, you know? Yeah. Um, because I don't think when you're eight, you care very much about domains. I think you're really excited about knowledge in terms of that. So I've got no problem with that because kids love learning facts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They uh, love facts it. about dinosaurs, facts about And they're sharks, very impressionable as well. Fires. So they are, you know. They're little right and little I think, sponges. You know, we aren't criticised. They? We criticised our history um, curriculum because there were too many elements of geography in it, and we criticised our geography curriculum because there are too many elements of history in it. And I. You know, I'm reasonably well educated and I have an A level in geography, but I don't honestly quite know where the boundary is. You know, well, the boundaries are largely... because of what has happened to them over time, particularly when you're talking human geography. You can't talk about what London looks like now without looking what it looked like through time. There's no difference between. Well, they're there are all those brilliant books yeah. on there by Tim Marshall, you know, what's it, what's it, yeah. in Prisoners of Geography and all that sort of Absolutely. stuff. Absolutely, those. Oh, but we which, can also which really you know, a, house, you know, a, a village through time and a house through time, you know. So all of this stuff, I'm like, I don't think 
that anybody in my school, you know, at the child level, cares very much about the difference between which bits are history and which bits are geography. But I know they're really passionate about the stuff but, they're learning. And but they no one, ca no one talk cares about, it about their that. Parents tell me. No one sensible yeah. cares about that. I also don't really think Beyond that school people either. who call themselves geographers or historians care that much about it, do they? No. I don't think, I don't think I so. Think I don't it's... think... And, and we have to remember, we yeah. have to remember, you know, I get... The, the, I, I know it's really important that, that we try and give children a really broad and balanced education, but but very, very few people go on to become academic geographers or academic mm. historians. You well, know, becomes an academic geographer. There's not such a thing as a geographer. Well, there is. Unless, unless you're well, lecturing in geography at a minor university. But exactly. Geosci geophysicists and... Uh, There's a lot of earth scientists. And lot, exactly. And, you know, a lot of them. Hydrographers. And they are you know, it's just exactly. not a thing. No, exactly. So it's a very much a school thing, and so I think. Um, but what what I was what I was what I was, what piqued my interest today. Um, mm -hmm. That's a good word, peaked, isn't it? P i q u e d, not 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 the peak district. Peaked. Um, that's, that's, <laughs> have I spelled it correctly? P i q u e d. What piqued my interest? Peaked. It has piqued my interest. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. That's um, one of those words that people spell wrong, and makes me feel unworthily cross about it. Yeah. yeah. Was was Martin Robinson at at Trivium 21C um, sent this leaders. This is his, he always does a quote when he when he forwards an article. Leaders seldom ban people from learning mathematics or physics, but many governments forbid people and especially young people from learning at least certain parts of history. And then that was linked to an article in the Guardian, um, written by Yuval Noah Harari, who is basically promoting his new book. Um, who's written a book on history, I think, for children. Um, to change our future, we should change how we teach history to children. So this is again, it's selling, right? So he, you know, it's it's not yeah. it's, this is not totally objective journalism. Um, it, this this is this is we adults may not be able to unlearn the damaging stories we were told. We can halt their march through the generations, and it's a long article. And so I read the article, and I thought it was quite interesting. And and then I retweeted Martin's tweet with with my own thread. So. Um, I put, I often feel this way when teaching science to nine to 13 year olds. So I teach a fusion of science, history, history of science and philosophy instead. Evolution, development of civilization and modern culture and technology are in constant conflict and it must be confusing for kids. Um, the truth is that we teach children what is easier to teach, resource, assess and measure from early on. And these things are only ever untaught or unlearned if you become an open minded, semi polymathic academic or intellectual. So you kind of, you know, you learn things as read at school, don't you? And, and then you forget mm -hmm. them unless you go on to apply them in some field of academia or, or um, you know, business or whatever. I agree with Harari Yuval, at Harari Yuval, that history teaching in school is more important than science. So he didn't actually say mm -hmm. that, but but um, but in Spain, we've, I've spoken about this before, in Spain, history is compulsory um, to their equivalent of GCSE, which is only a sort of internal exam. They don't have public exams at 16 in Spain. I think they only have public exams at 18. But, um, but you have to study history in Spain until 16, whereas you can drop science from 14, because they have a belief, and I, I, I'm with them here, um, that science is... is fundamental and complex and you know the, mm -hmm. the, the fundamentals of physics chemistry biology are fundamental and complex and not for everybody however a lot of people in spain choose to do a sort of hit culture of science or history of science or or you know the more 
the more interesting bits like you know space exploration and and, and stuff that's that's sort of fascinating but not they don't learn how to do how to understand the periodic table or they don't learn how to you know do rearrange equations in in um, physics or whatever because those those are niche and uh, skills that are, that are not required by everybody and so i think spain's got an interesting take on it and i i do think that history taught well um and and openly taught openly not not too prescriptively and not to you know you just need to learn these key, key facts and need to learn about these key things then i think that probably is a more useful cultural um subject than mm-hmm. than fundamental science for for everybody because it's it sort of glues us together as a society it helps us understand where we've come from and where we may be heading so i think i think i agree with you that history teaching in school is more important than science spain believes this oh yeah la, 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 la. we have in this country our economically driven obsession with teaching everyone fundamentals of science in this mad country and i agree that history at school should be a more open evaluation of the past rather than neatly packaged blocks on the creation story the victorians the ancient greeks the tudors etc this is the problem with our current brackets national curriculum thinking and domain mantra as we are led to believe that if we teach x y z a b c in neatly sequenced domain specific little blocks of prescriptive knowledge then poof like magic our minds will be these brilliantly informed malleable and creative templates capable of anything at the age of 18 or 21 or 24 but like i said earlier evidently that doesn't happen to most of us we are deeply entrenched by that point and locked onto a treadmill of others deciding um so i'm aligned to harari Yuval thinking and have a utopian view of what education could be influenced by him and other people school of robbers um school of life much more than short-termist mantras spilling out from the dfe or ofsted or zeit zeitgeisty edgy thinkers and researchers but i'm not convinced that deconstruction of ancient myths and stories which is what he was suggesting his article is that you know um should be replaced with a purer form of teaching history starting from early on i'm not sure it's very human um we're not entirely rational beings. Stories and culture bind us together in ways that pure science and philosophy, devoid of religion, money, nations and family and social hierarchy can't end. Anyway, waffle, waffle. So what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say that what Yuval, what, um, Yuval Harari is saying is that um, we, we sort of embed and transpose um, culture um, and um, myths um, he, he's an atheist, right? So he's quite anti, he's quite anti-religion. Um, and, and, but, you know, he's very, he, you know, he's very clear in his writing, isn't he, in Sapiens that, that, you know, religion, money, nations are the sort of three things that have enabled civilization to, to, to develop, but mm-hmm. none of them are actually real. You know, they're, they're inventions of humans that have enabled us to, to and so he, he's quite, militant about that and so but i do find it it is interesting when i'm asked to teach and i like teaching you know the history of the earth the history of life on earth evolution of life on earth the development of humans and where humans came from and i i do throw in a bit of history and philosophy into my science teaching when i teach that and um children are quite entrenched in being human by that point, because they've been taught quite a lot of history and they've been taught quite a lot of religion. Some of them may have religious faith in their, in their families. And so, so you do feel like, you know, you're sort of unpicking um, things that, that, you know, and so I do sometimes think that 
uh, I, I sort of see what he, where he's coming from is that we we keep teaching the same things. And I went I went to the Museum of Kent Life on a school trip with Year Three on Friday, supporting a school mm. trip on and um, which is a great place. It was a Victorian's day, and it was all good fun. And the, you know they were all dressed up and they had a Victorian classroom and a Victorian um, this and Victorian that. But I did find myself thinking, you know, it's all rather sort of neatly and packaged, and we just sort of keep entrencing these these sort of you know rather than digging deeper and so so it was quite interesting i thought i don't know if you've got any views on on the way we teach history in primary um and um or any any comments in the chat we are nearly at the end of the show but we can overrun by a few minutes um have i got any opinions on teaching history i think oh no now how long yeah look here's kate has got something to say i don't know if you've spotted kate i'll do it yeah Go on, read it out. But English it curriculum, out. it's archaic. Does it prepare young people for the future? No, but in the most part, it's a pub quiz curriculum. We're in mental health crisis in the UK. Climate crisis is real. There are important issues that should be at the core of the curriculum, and they aren't there. We are teaching and measuring the wrong stuff, in my opinion, she says. Now, a school can be very brave, and a school can put this stuff at the centre of the curriculum. We have the freedom to do that. If we are not part of some, uh, you know, so superstructure, it prevents us. Yeah. If you're, yeah, um, you know, when I would look, but within the terms of the national curriculum, the national curriculum for key stage one and key stage two, once you get away from <laughs> English, math, and science, which take up between them three quarters of the book, the rest of it is as sketchy as you like, you know. So you can put global justice at the heart of your curriculum. You can, if you're not part of a structure that's preventing you. So if you're not part of, a, say, a trust or an LA that's bearing down on you or a federation or whatever but there's nothing to stop us doing that and, and maintaining our adherence to the national curriculum what stops us is possibly a terror of how an inspector might see it you know that's that's the bugbear really because the national curriculum you can you can you can play havoc with the national curriculum and honestly if your inspector is in the building for for a day you know, he's i don't know man yeah no, no. so but you could you could do it, and and I could name a couple of people. So I'll, I'll name one: a lady called Tina Farr, who I know Kate knows yeah, actually. Yeah, um, yeah. Fantastic, you know, took over at a school near where I was working in Oxford, rebuilt their curriculum from the ground up, looking in every unit of work, looking at real passionate questions, questions that children, when they think of the question, they want to ask it. You know, build your whole question around these big questions. Make sure those big questions are going to um, provoke the children to to have questions about the content of the national curriculum as best you can. You can do it, and you can get an Ofsted outstanding at it. It has been done. But the general feeling is that you're not likely to. As long as the inspector is sitting there looking like it looks at the moment, it is going to be, you know, it is. What, what, did, um, what did Mr. Gove call us all? Uh, um, was it the uh, it was the blob. The blob, or he calls us, you know, uh, it was of promise. What is it? Something of promise. Betrayers of promise, was it? Yeah, God, he's sniping from the sidelines, isn't he, at the moment? Gove. And anyway, we. Oh, we, he's we... biding his time big time. He knows. Well, well, he think, knows. Think... He's playing a long game. He's well, playing his a long game, game. His game's going to be a very long game. He's gonna, he might have to wait 18 years. Um, do you know what? But, um... he's, he's, he's richer than me. He's doing all right. But I do think that. Well, you you'll never discount him. He'll be there. You you yeah. You turn over a rock and he'll be there waiting. Anyway, but no, we've yeah, we've, now, we've spoken with Kate about that it's overcrowded yeah. and it, that it's that everything gets in the way. I would love to be in a position where I could just do do what Tina did and say doing it my way. And do you know what? 
so long as I get a couple of years to get it working, I believe when the inspectors come, they're going to be blown away by the school I've created. And it is bullet by all accounts amazing. But most of us aren't in a position. Should we do, to do it? That. We should do it, Ed. We should do it. I'm so up for this. I'm so. You but, and me. But I, I can't do it on my own. I can't. I, well, I mean, maybe you and I aren't the two right people because we probably do need someone who's got a bit more business business orientation, you, you know, to kind of like, you know, yes. make sure it's well, resourced Kate properly. That. She'd love it. But I think, you know, well, Kate and I, we've spoken about it before, but yeah, I mean, I, I would com- mm. hugely change the emphasis of what we teach. We we need to teach more um, mm. emotional development and focus on that. And But everything's, but we tend to teach the stuff that is, you know, we, we that's resourced, that we've taught before, that has got all the, you know, resources online, the resources in bloody twinkle or the resources that are in the cupboard from that you've been t- taught last year. So, you know, you wheel, the Greeks are wheeled out, the Tudors are wheeled out, the Victorians are wheeled out. And, and it's important mm. to learn about a lot of the change, the huge changes that happened to society through Victorian times and the Industrial Revolution. Massively important to put that in context for children, I think. Um, and, and of course, and set it now in that we're living through the digital revolution and how that is changing society massively and so kind of you know look look and what can we learn from the changes that happened um back then um and and of course you know would we do it all again now that we know about climate change and and global warming and you know would we burn all that coal and we of course we would because we're driven by making money and making stuff and buying stuff But, I mean, you know, I just think you know, the current cost of living crisis is just going to push everything back the other way, isn't it? It's like, oh, well, we do take climate seriously, but just for now, we think we better burn these fossil fuels. Oh, we do take it all seriously, but, you know, do you know it costs I mean? too much. It costs you can't you can't when people are cash strapped due to increased mortgages or increased energy bills, you know, from 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 gas or whatever, which is a much cheaper source of energy um, than um a lot of renewables um then then you know it's it's you, you yeah people can't collectively we can't afford to pay a, a two thousand pound a year extra premium for, for 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 cleaner energy um really right now um so yeah anyway that's another debate it's it's one hour and five minutes and 30 seconds long our show okay. have you got something yeah, to play got- us out with ed well, you're going to have to tell me what you want to hear, mate. I've got no themes left. We've been talking about history and history curriculum a little bit. Um, and mm. so we've got any history songs, songs about history. I don't know much about history. Well, I'm thinking uh, now, I'm thinking out. Don't know much geography. What's it called, that song? What's it actually called? Um, but what I do know that I love you. Is it a wonderful world? What a wonderful world! Keep an eye on the chat. Somebody will tell us. It is wonderful world, isn't it? By um, what's it? Armstrong. Do 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 do. No, I mean that's different. I could sing that if you like, but I don't think that's what you want. Um, let's see if that's what we got. Let's see what we got. <laughs> I love the the risk of this. No, you're thinking of. I see trees of green. Red roses too. Oh yeah, that's not it, is it? I see them bloom for. We don't want that, do we? We want. Well, we do want it. We do want a wonderful world, but um, um, what a wonderful. <laughs> well, I don't know much about history. Don't know much about. Come biology. on, come on, chat. What's the song called? Kate will know. She knows. Kate liked that. Kate liked the beginning of that. Um, I see. Did she? I didn't. I couldn't remember some of the difficult chords. <laughs> couldn't um, remember. Come on. What's the name of the song? 
what's the name of the song? Come on, Lucy, Come on. you're good on this stuff as well. Um, don't know much about <laughs> history. Don't know much about geography. We've done it now. Um, but I no, do man, know no, that no, you no, love do, do me. It, it kills me. Is it just it's called bad. Wonderful World? I think it might just be called Wonderful World without the water. Let's see if it is. Is it? Yeah, man. Don't know much about history. Don't know much biology. Don't know much about a science book. Don't know much about the French I took. But I do know that I love you. And I know that if you love me too, what a wonderful world this would be. That's the one, innit? Yeah. I don't know much about geography. Don't know much trigonometry. Don't know much about algebra. Don't know what a slide rule is. Oh, and that is a forced rhyme, isn't it? Algebra, slide rule is for. <laughs> but I do know one and one is two. And if this one could be with you, then what a wonderful world this would be. Bridge. Now I don't claim to be an A student, but I'm trying to be. For maybe by being an A student, baby, I could win your love for me. Don't know much about history. Don't know much Tim Kem Commando. Um, before we go, I just want to shout mm. out to the new voices organizing team that's been all over yes, Twitter yes, today. Yes, yes, yes. Um, there's going to be a new new voices conference April the 29th. I presume that's a Saturday. Um, I at CLP, spoke... isn't it? At the CLP Center, CLP, in, in wonderful Lama. place. Lots of wonderful you, went to, you went last year, was it last year? I went, it was last October. There wasn't one in October. There's not one this. It's going to be in April, so it's 18 months after the mm -hmm. previous one. Yep. But, um, yeah, um, I yeah, did go. I I've never time. been. I'm go. I'm, Come. I feel sad that Come and I stay. can never be a new voice because I don't think... No, I don't think I can claim that. I can't be a new so, voice either, but I can go. And people who have been new voices in the past um, will be there. People like Rachel Ross and and um, some of uh, them now Mark old voices, Goodwin and Gareth Morwood and um, yeah. 
I got, uh, a, yes. got a DM off Rachel earlier today saying that she hoped I would be there, which I found extremely touching. Um, so I say yeah. at the moment, I cannot begin to imagine what life's going to look like past the end of next week. Book That's in a as weekend. far as I'm prepared to go. But if I can't be Kent. there, I shall be there. Come to Kent and we can go to London that weekend. Yeah, I'm going to stay in London so I can have a few beers afterwards. Right, anyway, that's that. Happy days. Um, Speak to you next week, Ed. Enjoy the beginning of half term. Are you going to be able to do next week's show or are you away on holiday? No, I will be away on holiday. I shall be overseas for the first time since a long time before the pandemic. Yeah, I am. am That is lovely. I'm very happy for you and and have a lovely Mm. time. So on that basis... Um, I will decide whether I'm going solo or whether we, we might have a week off people for half term, because I think, um, I think the whole shtick is Ed and myself together. So um, we'll be I back in two weeks. My bits. Maybe we'll have a week off or maybe Toby will feel like he wants to fill in or maybe somebody else will join Toby. That'd be fine. We could, you know, I'm, I'm think I'm calling it now. We're having two weeks. He's calling off. it now. He's We're not doing it next off. week, friends. So we will see you in a fortnight. I'm looking forward to it already. I'm yes. halfway through rewriting my Seth. I think it might be a late one tonight. Wish me oh luck and sleep well, everyone. All right, Cheer take on. care. Bye. Oh, bye. Bye. Love you. Bye. 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 <laughs> good, good night, That's everyone. It. Bye. <laughs> You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.